Welcome to The Word in Ed, a show that explores the world of education. Each episode, we focus on one word and use it to provoke new thoughts, explore new trends, and discover how to improve education. This is The Word in Ed. The Word in Ed. Risk. Hey, Laura. Hey, Ron. So the word this episode is risk. Yes, and our special guest is Linnea Garrett from Chicago, and she's going to talk about what it means to be a risk-taking principal in Chicago. Hi, my name is Linnea Garrett. I am the school director of Chicago Tech Academy High School in Chicago, Illinois. We have a school that implemented whole school project-based learning um, just over two years ago. Uh, We serve right now about 270 students in grades nine through 12 that come from roughly 30 different zip codes in Chicago. Um, With the implementation of project-based learning and being the only school in Chicago public schools implementing whole school at the high school level, um, we run into various challenges with things like district oversight. Um, We are a contract school, which is similar to a charter school. Um, But in the city of Chicago, charter schools are still overseen by the district in terms of ratings, um, report cards, uh, financial resources sometimes, as well as just a contract, how long you can stay open. Um, When we transformed our school two years ago, um, it was an interesting year because we had about 18 new staff members. Uh, So we had not only transformed what teaching and learning would look like, but really who was teaching. Um, And we kept the same student population. And as we've been looking again at the ratings and how schools are being evaluated by the district, We struggle with this. We all know that school improvement and school transformation takes time. And the second, like if a school were to be able to transform everything in a year, like that's not sustainable. So we really try to balance this. And it's hard, this sense of urgency around things need to improve right away with, but we also want it to be sustainable so that you know, this is a long lasting effect, not only in our school building, but for the lives of our kids. So um, I think right now, this is definitely something we've been um, kind of challenged by is how do you, how do you balance that sense of urgency? How do you message it? Um, How do you instill both of those in your teaching staff so that they too, as they implement projects, um, understand this need for thing. We have to ramp it up now that we're in year three, um, but we still want it accessible to students and we don't want to lose the essence of who we are. Yeah, I think those are some very complex and thorny um, challenges, Linnea, that you're outlining. And I think for our listeners, there's a couple things in there that I think many people can relate to. And kind of going back to some of your initial comments about you're trying a new approach to teaching and learning and you're bringing new people into a school community. 
And so what I'd like to hear from you a little bit is how do you support somebody who's maybe new to an approach? Um, and I think you have the kind of double whammy of new to a new approach. <laughs> yeah. So what, is that, what does that look like? What kinds of supports um, do you think folks need to be able to kind of step into that space? And, and what have you seen be, as being successful in doing so? Um, so I, I will say probably the biggest um, thing I could message to teachers and really follow through on this message was the idea of like, this is version 1.0. I want you to try it. We know it's not, it may not be successful, like whatever you're going to do right now, we're going to learn a lot from version 1.0 and we're going to improve upon it. Uh, so that was one thing. So people were okay with taking risks because I think a lot of times, I mean, the same challenge as a school director with having schools evaluated, there is this um, like a really uh, difficult challenge right now with teachers thinking like they're being evaluated all the time and they are at any moment at risk of losing their job. And, and this, that really prevents a lot of creativity and innovation and trying new things that could work in a classroom. So I try to, you know, relieve that stress and that idea right away um, to say, you know, this is my first year as a principal. This is your first year as a teacher. I'm teaching project-based learning. We are, you know, learning as we go and we're going to constantly reflect and make it better the next time. Um, and so really kind of giving props to people that did that. We kind of, we really did celebrate a lot of the things that didn't go well. A lot of the times somebody would do something and would say, well, I'm never doing that project again. But we would celebrate that because that were, there were so many lear lessons learned from why you wouldn't do that project again. And what could we take to do something better and improve next time? Um, every, so the, the hard, the challenging part, and I was fortunate to have partnered with High Tech High year one at a really intense level was everybody needs a lot of support to do what we did whole school. So to have 35 staff members implementing a new teaching and learning approach um, required a lot of support that was beyond my capacity as one person. Um, so and then through that year was really developing the capacity internally of people here that could then support new people brought in, say, year two or by second semester. So it's really identifying those teacher leaders in, your, in, in our school that um, have the capacity and the willingness, right? So we always talk about is the, the, the will and the skill. So they have to have the skill, but they also have to be wanting it. And really, when when I identify those people, like I quickly attach to them and say, like, let's find an opportunity for you. Um, this year in particular, I had two teachers at the end of last year, you know, say, I think this is the need of the school. So one became my real world learning teacher. He's overseeing our internship program this year. He was a, he's been a teacher here for three years. And he really wanted to take ownership of this project. And so we did, we gave him a lighter teaching load and he totally is running all experiences for students in the real world. And I had another teacher 
who's very passionate about um, looking at kind of school improvement at the data level and, um, you know, like giving those opportunities to people when, when they want it. Um, I have actually I have a third teacher who really wanted to do more coaching of his colleagues. And so he, too, you know, it's it's um, really kind of giving ownership to people when they want it has changed the culture of the school um, just because more people see that. Right. So they can always look at a school director and say, OK, well, we know you're supposed to do this. But the second they see their peer stepping up and taking ownership of special projects, leading workshops, going into classrooms, suddenly it's like, I want to do that too. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, I wonder, you know, in the literature, we often talk about, you know, if you want to get young people to be creative, that you have to kind of start with yourself. And so I'm wondering if you're seeing that kind of ethos and that culture playing out in the classrooms as well. So you have teachers supported in learning from risks and kind of a culture of, you know, we can make mistakes and learn from those and you can have agency in selecting the kinds of things you want to do. And we have, there's opportunities for doing that. Have you seen that carry over into the way teachers approach student learning? Absolutely. Um, year one projects were definitely individual in classrooms. You know, we everybody knew roughly what was going on in other rooms. They really appreciated project tunings um, where you could bring your project to a group of people and get feedback. However, no one was really seeing an opportunity that year, I think, as people were kind of testing the waters of working together. And so last year it took our group that went to Ed Leadership Academy to again be those, um, what's the phrase when you're the first person to do something? Um, but they were the first group that the, there were five of them and they said, you know what, we're gonna try some interdisciplinary projects and we're gonna go big and we're gonna, you know, see what happens. And the journey, and they shared a lot of their journey as they went through. Um, they and actually wrote a book about it. Um, but that's that seeing that in those five has translated to this year, just even starting the year. I have people talking about what interdiscipline, what crazy interdisciplinary projects are going to happen um, second quarter. Uh, and it's just amazing to see the impact it has on classrooms and from that right so students start to see that so students see teachers working together and so they are comfortable working together students see teachers you know observing their classrooms providing feedback and it it really does translate to um not just how students are in the building um because they just i mean we laugh, we were at Da Vinci schools this summer and they kept saying, we use the phrase, we do things differently. And, and we were laughing because, you know, we say the same thing and kids really start to feel that um, when they see all of the work their um, teachers are putting in. That's really powerful. And it sounds like that over time that accrues into developing kind of the school's identity and that it just becomes part of the way things are done there. 
which is, of course, different than uh, how things are typically done in school spaces. So one thing I've been curious about, Linnea, and I think this is, as Ron just, uh, I told him earlier today, I just finished up with the uh, Business Innovation Factory Summit. It's a two-day experience of uh, inspiration, disruption, and connection. And one of the things that I think is really that you mentioned in the beginning of your t- of your question of this fear that teachers are afraid of you know, losing their jobs and this question. And I wonder, one of the things that I think I took away from this event, and I also thinking about your staff in particular, um, is how are you unpacking those fears? Are they real fears? Or are they assumed fears? Because I, my, my gut and my, my intuition would say that some of those are perceived fears based of what schools they mm-hmm. used to be in. And so I'm wondering where there is space in your professional development for teachers to actually tap into what's really going on around those fears and what, what it, why are they so afraid about losing their, the, this kind of simple idea that you mentioned in the beginning, because it's not, that isn't, that is, that is something I would say that was an old story in their previous school and in their other systems. And you're actually in a new system. And so I'm just wondering what we could do inside professional development that will allow to actually visualize and verbalize those fears and really tap into it. Because I know, um, you know, I've worked with you, Linnea, before, and you're amazing at telling people it's okay, do this. But there is something about people emotionally and um, I would say wholeheartedly connecting with that themselves so that they can actually look at it and face it and see what it looks like and then realize it. Because you have had multiple staff members, I would say, who have dealt. The ones who have stepped up, I think, have realized that that fear is not true. And that's why they've stepped up. And so I'm curious how we deal with that, which is not something we tend to talk about in education, um, but it's something that it's, that limits us um, from making, going to the innovation space. It's interesting. Cause yeah, year one, we were, we were just like, we're going to go for it. We're going to do this, you know, and then we get our renewal. And then as we come closer to like going through another renewal, suddenly it's like all back, um, kind of not where we started. Cause we are in such a different space, but it is around kind of having open communication and an acknowledging what's in the room. And I think a lot of times um, it, it is, it's like, it just needs to kind of be put out there um, because, I mean, I was thinking when Laura was talking, just even simple things of, you know, I had a teacher, he thought he lost his keys on Monday and he was freaking out and he came in and I said, it's okay, we're gonna find the keys. And they showed up on Thursday. You know, they don't show up right away, but we know they're going to appear. And so it's kind of just having people and and not necessarily, right, like raise your hand and tell me what you're scared of, but some sort of um, way that people can express what they're thinking about without any sort of penalty, without right away a judgment or, oh, that's, you don't need to be thinking about that. You know, I think sometimes we squash too many we don't squash ideas but sometimes we squash people's feelings right away and we have to find opportunities where they are allowed to express whatever it is and um, have that space for people to feel comfortable sharing really important stuff you're highlighting here linnea really helping us think about how to navigate the uncertainty of change um, and to take the kinds of risks necessary 
to move schools forward. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Linnea. Have a great day. Thanks. Until next time. This is The Word in Ed. The Word in Ed. <laughs>